for Thursday, February 11th, 2021, this is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, the mayors of some mostly black cities in southern Fulton County worry their residents are being left out of the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. What I would like to see is as the county and the state are making these decisions, that they lead with equity in mind, that they take into consideration the reality of our residents. Dina Holiday Ingram, the mayor of East Point, joins me to discuss the problems she's seeing with vaccine equity. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. The mayors of mostly black cities in southern Fulton County say they're hearing from residents frustrated by their inability to get COVID-19 vaccines. That's raised concerns about the equity of the state's vaccine rollout. Dina Holiday Ingram is the mayor of the city of East Point, and she's with me now for more. Dina, thanks for talking with me. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. I want to start just by having you lay out for me the kinds of conversations that you've been having with constituents as of late when it comes to COVID-19 vaccines and their ability to get them. My sense is that especially, you know, south of Atlanta, more into the South Fulton stretch of the county, there's lots of folks who are having trouble. So tell me a little bit about what you've been hearing. So what I've been hearing from our residents is that they're unable to get someone on the line that was shared for them to call to make an appointment. The digital divide is real. And so the challenge of even trying to get online to actually make an appointment or complete the information has been challenging as well. And, you know, the the reality of it is in group 1A, it is for people 65 and older. And so we understand that there's a senior population that we really want to make sure is vaccinated as soon as possible, which is why as soon as that became available on January 11th, I did a call out to all of my residents to say Group 1A as of today includes people 65 and older. I had received um, some questions from some of my senior residents before that asking me about the vaccine and how it would be rolled out. And so I would look forward to our meeting with the Fulton County Commission to be able to get that information. And we rolled it out on the same day. Look, go call this number to make the appointment if you need someone to help assist you with making an appointment 
or you could go to the website. And it was unfortunate that that system was not able to handle what was definitely a foreseeable volume of calls that came in or went into that system. So I get the impression you've heard from folks who were just really excited to be able to sign up and then call you because they're frustrated that they can't get appointments. I mean, who are these kinds of folks that you're hearing from? So it's my seniors. The concerns are coming from people who are in group 1A, the 65 and older. And the challenge or that around education or people being unwilling or having reservations about um, being vaccinated, I think is a valid concern. But what I'm hearing more about is those who are ready, willing, and able or wanting to get vaccinated, having so many challenges trying to actually do what we know is necessary for us to be able to get through this pandemic sooner than later. What do you tell these seniors who live in your city who, who are frustrated? Because certainly we have heard this is not an isolated issue. This is something that people are experiencing all over the state. Lots of demand and just not a lot of vaccine supply. Correct. So I share that with them, too, because I do understand that that is a real reality. There weren't the reserves that were anticipated on the vaccines. The new um, administration, presidential administration, is, I believe, moving very swiftly to address and intentionally to address this COVID pandemic in a way that puts people first. But that also takes time to get the vaccines in the distribution channel at a volume that will allow more and more people to be vaccinated. So I've shared with them the shortage in the actual supply. The demand far exceeds the supply right now. And I also share with them that I've heard that you know, Publix, Kroger, CVS, Walgreens, that there are other locations where they might be able to get vaccinated. And even heard from a senior that they were able to get an appointment at the Kroger in Greenbrier, which is right at our border in the city of East Point. So I'm sharing as much information as I receive to be with them to let them know all of the options. And what we have consistently said to Fulton County is that the city of East Point is ready, willing and able to assist in any way that we can. We have city owned buildings that we will make available for vaccination in the city, as well as the H.J. Bowden Center Senior Multipurpose Center is in the city of East Point. So making suggestions understanding the, the challenge with the supply, but letting them know that when they get to a place of expanding distribution sites, we definitely want to be a part of that. And the Georgia International Convention Center, it would be an excellent location for the um, South Fulton County because of their ability around refrigeration. And we, un we know that these vaccines have to be kept at a certain temperature. So we have been recommending a lot of potential solutions as well as our readiness and willingness and being able to help out in any way that we can. And, and my understanding is that the, the state and Fulton County are, are looking into using the International Convention Center as a distribution site. How fruitful have your conversations been with the county? I would imagine a challenge here is that we have a bunch of levels of not only government infrastructure, but then public health infrastructure that have to work together. We've got state DPH, then the Fulton Board of Health, and then in Fulton County, you have county government, city government, and then the state government. So has it been kind of tricky to, to navigate all of that in trying to solve this problem? I would say, of course, with government, there's a lot of bureaucracy, but it just requires knowing who to reach out to and who's having those conversations and how to stress the urgency of the, an immediate solution that's needed. 
So we've been having those conversations. We've checked in as mayors with Fulton County, which is where we get the updates around the county's plan coordinated through the state. The supply has really been a challenge, and we understand that. Along with that is the dual challenge of making it accessible for the people who need to be vaccinated. And from an equity perspective, it is totally inequitable when you look at the data that is being shared around the number of people who have been vaccinated in this county and who they are to not realize that we need a location in South Fulton that is accessible. The Charlie Brown Airport is not a place that too many people frequent. So what I would like to see is as the county and the state are making these decisions, that they lead with equity in mind, that they understand when they're making these decisions that there are some inherent challenges and barriers that need to be addressed. And as they create solutions and opportunities for, you know, ways for people to access or make appointments for these vaccinations, that they take into consideration the reality of our residents, the realities of the digital divide, the realities of the challenges for seniors to be able to make to access this and come up with a solution on the front end versus on the back end after we rolled it out and the data shows us what we already know. To look at equity first and to lead with equity in mind, but even if not, make a data-driven decision in a more expedient manner with a sense of urgency to be able to pivot and say, okay, we need to revamp this, we need to make some changes without having to be provoked and really having to have the level of advocacy from the mayors publicly in addition to the conversations that we have been having offline privately. You mentioned the vaccination effort um, at Charlie Brown Field out on the, you know, kind of West South Fulton. Um, I'm thinking also of Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This is a, a big centrally located site, honestly not, you know, too far as the crow flies from, from East Point. And I would imagine someone listening to this conversation would think, oh, it's probably not too far from East Point to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but that's a distance that you're saying is, is still uncrossable for some of your residents. Transportation is a barrier for all level of social services throughout this country. So it is not something that is new. The goal should always be to try to get the services and the resources as close to the residents as possible which means the cities within which our residents live. And so while the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is closer for some residents in East Point, it's not for all. And transportation is a barrier. So if we know that, if Group 1A includes seniors, why, why is the county not using the senior centers that are located throughout the county to be able to disseminate the vaccination to people within our cities? When they were open, they were vibrant centers that had residents not only from the city of East Point for the one located here, but in other parts of the county as well. Why was that not considered? How did we end up at Charlie Brown Airport versus any of the senior centers that are located in the county? Fulton County is kind of pushing this effort that they are putting forward to get away from these kinds of mass sites and deeper into communities, offering things like ride share, potentially, you know, mobile clinics, vaccination clinics. What kind of partnerships, maybe other than working with community centers, do you think the county should be pursuing to really penetrate into these communities that, that might be hard to reach? Reaching out to the faith-based community, 
to be able to connect and partner with them in a way to, that also provides access within our communities. Of course, the mobile options will be great, but where will those mobile vans go? Where will they go? Will they, how, how will they determine what locations those mobile opportunities will be at and will that be accessible? Will they go to all 15 of the cities within this Fulton County? What is that schedule going to look like? How are we going to let the residents know? How are we going to let our seniors know who are not always on social media, who are not always on the internet? What is going to be the communication plan to make sure that we reach the people that we're intending to reach and those who are very um, concerned about their safety and want to be vaccinated? This is, did you wash your hands? I'm Sam Whitehead talking today with Dina Holiday Ingram. She's the mayor of the city of East Point. We're talking about some of her concerns about equity when it comes to the state's COVID-19 vaccine rollout. We are about six weeks into the state rolling out these coronavirus vaccines. And I know at first the state took this approach of only offering it to frontline healthcare workers, but then they made this move about a month ago to open it up to people older than 65, regardless of their profession. Is it surprising to you that these conversations about equity are happening now as opposed to prior to this vaccine rollout really hitting the ground? Unfortunately, I'm not surprised that equity was not included as it was rolled out, that there is going to be a response and a reaction to what happened to be more equitable. I'm grateful for that, but I'm not excited that it rolled out without equity in mind. I mean, I'm not surprised, I should say, not surprised. I will say too, you are not the only person I've heard express that sentiment that it's not like we haven't seen inequities in previous parts of the pandemic. If we want to think about access to testing or even the communities that have been hardest hit by the coronavirus to start with. And so I think that that sentiment of, well, this should have been on people's radars, that that's, that's a somewhat common one. Absolutely. At, at some point, we have to stop being reactive with equity and lead with equity. The pandemic hit almost a year ago. We're, we're 11 months in. March of last year is when things started shifting. It would be really great to see some actions around, not just talk, but actions that show that we're leading with equity, that we are thinking about all residents of Fulton County, that we're thinking about all Georgians, right? That we're not just thinking and coming up with solutions and ignoring the known barriers, the known challenges that some of these solutions create. And instead of rolling it out to just do it, having a proactive approach of addressing the inequities on the front end so that when it rolls out, we're leading with equity. We're leading thinking about all people in all cities in the county and in the state. Something I have heard some clinics here in Atlanta do is in their small allotment that they get of vaccines from the state, putting aside a certain percentage for, say, the community member, the client who is harder to reach, who needs a little bit more time, who maybe who wants it, but just can't navigate the websites as easily, can't work the phone very easily. Is that something that you would like to see the state or the county set aside a certain percentage of vaccinations for, say, communities of color that have been harder hit, that have less access to the vaccine? 
setting aside a number of vaccines would be helpful. I, I really think a holistic strategy that takes into consideration the challenges and leads with that. So the people, the, the entities that you just mentioned that are setting aside, they are closest to the people. They get the call. They, they have a relationship with people who are experiencing the challenges. And so they understand that very int intimately. It would be great to have a plan that thinks about the realities of the demographics of Georgia and our county and our cities and leads with solutions that doesn't leave anyone behind from the beginning as a part of the plan. Not just the set aside, but that that is a part of the plan because we know based upon the data, based upon our demographics, based upon the opportunities that some call risk factors, but the opportunities that exist for us to come up with more innovative, out-of-the-box types decisions, that we're going to think about that on the front end. And so it doesn't become a set aside. It becomes a part of the plan and a plan intended to meet the needs of all people. Both here in Georgia and across the country, public health infrastructure has effectively been hollowed out, um, you know, by spending cut after spending cut. And here we are, I think, in the pandemic, realizing the fruits of a lot of those those cuts. What do you make of that? Just that our public health infrastructure is is maybe not what it should have been going into the pandemic to start with. I feel like that that only complicates issues like like this. Yeah. So while government is supposed to be of the people, for the people, by the people, Oftentimes, the people get left out or cut out. So when there are actions that actually provide corporate bailouts or what some call corporate welfare, right? Like there's no hesitation to stroke billions and trillions of dollar checks or bailouts to corporations. But when we start talking about the individual people who the government is to serve, then there's a whole bunch of debate and discussions about you know, what can or cannot happen. Healthcare is a fundamental right. When there is a global pandemic and the number of cases are over 25 million in this country and the number of deaths are almost a half a million, that people throughout this country will be able to be assured that they will have access to that regardless of the amount of financial resources or even human capital resources that it takes because that's how we respond when corporations need bailouts. And so if we apply, apply that same sense of urgency, that same sense of no amount is too much for our people, we would see that we would have vac vaccines already in this country in locations that is accessible for everyone and we'd be able to move forward. But the politics that continue to be at play are in the way of the people who are in need and the people who actually they are elected and have an obligation and a duty and a responsibility to serve. We're not going to get there if we continue to put politics, profit and party over people and not have these real solutions that deal address equity on the front end and don't and, and don't treat others as if it's a, we're doing a favor, we're going to set it aside. And I appreciate those entities that did that because that's, they know that that is what is needed because government is not leading the way. I'm hopeful that government will stand up and lead and stand tall for people. 
I would imagine that yours is a, is a hard position to be in as as a mayor. You know, it is the state and the county and, you know, private companies, pharmacies, grocery stores that are really kind of the access points here. But you're the one who gets these phone calls. So, you know, from, from your residents who have trouble. So do you feel kind of stuck here? <laughs> no, I, I try to never feel stuck. I try to feel as though there is a opportunity that we can reach a real solution, right? So being st if you feel stuck, you might get stuck and stop. And what we don't need right now is for the advocacy to stop, for the pressure and accountability to stop around making sure that all people are included in the solutions that the government is coming up with to address this pandemic. So I don't feel stuck. I feel like I have to advocate a little harder. I have to educate a little more. I have to help my residents understand their power and their ability to advocate for themselves as well, having them as much information as they can to be able to do that. Because it is, it, failure is not an option. It is not, we, there's no other option than to continue to make sure that all people are considered. So instead of feeling stuck, I feel inspired, motivated, energized, like re, retooled to be able to continue to stand up and advocate. Because at the end of the day, it, it should not be able to be said that they, they were not aware. They didn't know. That's why we raise the issues. That's why we advocate for equity. That's why we are relentless about it. Because whether, whether it was intentional or unintentional, it is our reality. And the only way we're going to be able to deal with our reality and come up with real solutions to address real issues for real people in real crisis is to bring up those real issues in our conversations and expect and hold people accountable for real solutions to meet the needs of people. Dina Holiday Ingram is the mayor of the city of East Point. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. That's where you can also leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary, but when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate and thanks.